Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you to the Michael Like Stuff podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is not Michael Klinger. My name is Chase Whiting, and I am here with my good friend, Tanner Allen, and we are doing a podcast takeover. Tanner, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we here and Michael isn't? Yes, so this is the first Michael Like Stuff podcast without Michael, I think. Um, Joel might have done one earlier. Probably should have asked him when we had him on, but uh, we're going to say it's the first. Uh, we are taking over Michael's podcast while he is out on paternity leave. Michael and Madeline just had their baby boy, Wesley Owen Klinger, born. Uh, what is today? Today is Tuesday, January 17th. January 17th. Uh, born today at 2.39 p.m., 7 pounds, 15 and a half ounces. Both the baby and Madeline are doing great. I'm sure Michael is doing great. Um, no one really asked how the dad's doing, so we're going to assume he's doing great. <laughs> uh, actually, just in the last 10 minutes, we got our first picture of the baby, adorable baby boy. Uh, I don't, yeah, just excited to be here. Yes, we are very excited to be here. It's worth saying this is an unauthorized podcast. We are doing this without Michael's knowledge. We wanted to do a, a tribute podcast in some ways to Michael and to his family and to Madeline uh, to celebrate the birth of their new son, but this is unauthorized. He has no idea that this is happening, so we'll see if this even gets posted to the feed or not. So, uh, Tanner, what did we want to do with this podcast? What did we decide to do and how do we put it together? Yeah, so we kind of took a whole bunch of topics that we knew Michael was passionate about uh, and some things that are relevant to him, like, you know, having a baby right now. Uh, yes. And brought together some of his friends, people that have been on the podcast before. Uh, uh, most of them have been on the podcast before. A couple of them first timers uh, getting to make their Michael Like Stuff debut, but had something relative to say uh, in relation to Michael. So you're going to get to hear a handful of different segments from people uh, talking anywhere from 10 to, I think there's one kind of log one at 30 minutes, uh, but we'll give you a little warning before that one shows up. Yes, and we have several of these segments. Uh, every single one of them covers a different topic. So some of them I think you as the listener will find interesting, and some of them are incredibly niche and specific uh, to Michael and to his family and the things that he cares about. So uh, we, we are anticipating editing this podcast to make uh, the segments, uh, the, the first segments you hear to be the most applicable to everyone. But as you go on, these might get more and more niche. And if you would like to skip a segment, that's okay. If you don't care about hearing us talk about our fantasy football league for 30 minutes, that's okay. But if you want to hear people give meaningful and heartfelt tributes to Michael and Madeline, we recommend you stick around to the end. Tanner, anything else you want to throw in here before we jump into our first segment? No, let's get to it. And now joining the Michael Likes Stuff podcast, I think for the first time, we have the legendary Audrey Green. Audrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. Is is this your first Michael Ike Stuff podcast appearance? It is. Wow. Well, we are correcting wrongs that have happened. It is unbelievable that this is your first <laughs> Injustices. time here. Can, Injustices, that's right. Can we go ahead and do a formal introduction? It's Audrey Green, RN, BSN, CVBC, BAMF. Did I get all that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> Do you have a name tag that has all those letters? Um, well, yeah, everything but the last four, but I think I'm going to have to get that added. 
we should put those on your on your personal like social medias and things like that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. Add that to the resume. <laughs> Audrey, we've asked you here for a very specific reason, um, as I think uh, everyone is well aware of at this point. Uh, Michael has just uh, had his first child. And uh, I was thinking through, Tanner and I were thinking through, who are all the medical professional friends that we know? And I realized that I actually don't know very, medical profession, uh, very many medical professionals uh, in my life. I have a couple of church friends, but not a whole lot of people who, uh, who also know Michael and Madeline. Um, so you are a medical professional. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do with your day job? Yes. So I am an RN, like Tanner said, registered nurse, and I work at a hospital and I work in a cardiothoracic surgeon's office. Um, so kind of the day to day is patients coming in before and then after open heart surgery. So uh, at what point um, do you interact with newborn babies? Uh, never because my hospital, the hospital I work for does not actually deliver babies or do peds. So I don't really have any interaction with newborn babies other than friends who have babies. Your hospital doesn't do babies? I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, if in an emergency setting, they would, you know, help deliver, but then they'd probably have to transfer to another hospital. Interesting. And yeah. uh, Tanner, as I was saying all these words out loud, do you consider yourself as someone who works in the medical uh, profession? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> That's probably a good answer. <laughs> Well, oh, that, no, I, that was a real question. I didn't. I wasn't trying to make a joke or anything. Is working in healthcare considered part of the medical field? Uh, it depends on who you ask. Uh, there are definitely people on the health insurance side whose whole goal is to not necessarily help people and to make money. So uh, oh. it can kind of be a double-sided question. If some people already have, like, oh, everyone that works in health insurance are evil people that want to make as much money as possible and not care for their patients and members. I like to think that the companies that I have worked for actually do um, want the best for their patients. So I like to think wow. so. I, <laughs> I thought this was a simple yes or no question. I did not realize I was stepping into the, <laughs> the world of healthcare. Um, Audrey, we have a question for you. Um, many have said, I, I've actually heard some, uh, some healthcare professionals say, that pregnancy is called a cardiovascular workout for nine months. Do you think you can give us any insight into what Madeline has gone through as a medical professional who works in the cardio world? Yes, and I agree with that statement 100%. Um, just from everything I do know about the heart, I do know a little bit of how that involves uh, being, how pregnancy involves the heart. And everything that I understand is during pregnancy, a woman's blood volume actually increases about 50% because her heart has to work that much harder because um, she's not only getting blood to her, her entire body, but also to the baby. Um, it's been said that the heart pumps each minute for a pregnant woman, usually uh, the cardiac output or the amount of blood your heart pumps each minute jumps from 30 to 50%. Um, a pregnant woman's heart rate increases quite a bit just because of all the extra work it's having to do. And not to mention the extra weight of the baby resting on your thoracic area, making it that much harder to <laughs> breathe and also just have the blood has that much further to go. So 
uh, pregnancy is is kind of like a natural stress test in a way, which is uh, a test that people do in, in cardiothoracics to just see how efficient and how much the heart can uh, undergo stress, which pregnancy would be quite a bit of stress for the heart to go through. Uh, Tanner, uh, as someone who uh, is living with someone who is pregnant, who is married to someone who is pregnant, do you have any, uh, any, any comments, any thoughts? Yeah, I felt very good typing that question up because I thought Audrey would think I was smart by asking that. So I feel good <laughs> that she uh, agreed with the question itself. Um, yeah, so we are eight months pregnant. We are four weeks away, so right behind Michael and Madeline. Uh, and I can't agree that, uh, it's, it's been a workout for grace <laughs> Yeah. on the, on the, uh, the father side of it for, uh, an unborn baby. Are you, do you also feel like it is a cardiovascular workout for you? Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure what you just asked. Oh, there. We might've lost Tanner. We, we're having some audio problems with Tanner. I, I'm mm. going to come back to that question at cool. some point. Um, Audrey, new question for you. Uh, we asked you here for, for two reasons. The first being you're a medical professional. Uh, the second being you and Ben recently adopted a new puppy. Um, tell us what that has been like. What lessons do you think Michael and Madeline can learn about parenthood from your experiences of adopting a puppy? Yes. I, first of all, would just like to say that I think any pregnant woman and Madeline included, uh, Grace included, who is also pregnant right now is an absolute superhero. And as I, although I have not gone through that, um, I am excited for the moment they get to meet their new babies. Um, just because, you know, you hear everything about how a baby changes everything. Parents just fall in love with their children. The moment they meet them. Um, I think, stuff actually happens chemically in the brain when they meet their child. And it literally is similar things that happen to the brain when someone falls in love. And, um, I would say that has definitely happened for me and our sweet puppy, Athena. She is a five month old German shepherd, uh, puppy, and she is a handful, but also just one of the most joyous things that has happened to me uh, maybe ever in my life and just makes our house so much more full and gives so much purpose and meaning to life. And this is my first time having a dog. So I know many people understand this, but, um, yeah, I'm a mother now and I can only imagine how much more tenfold that is when you have an actual child. Um, so I'm excited for our friends to get to experience that. I've, I've never had a dog. I, the only pets I've ever had in my life were we had a couple hermit crabs when I was in like third grade. That explains Dude, so have much. Have you guys like... Probably yeah, pretty... I was the hermit crab kid. Yeah, probably pretty similar emotions going on okay. there. Okay. <laughs> we did keep them in my room. Um, and so I did have a pet in my room for a little bit. But did you guys go through with Athena? I've never had a dog. Do you go through like the, the dog won't sleep and you have to wake up at odd hours to take the dog out and feed the dog? Or uh, is it not that at all? Yes. No, that is very true. The whole first week, we really didn't get much sleep. The first probably three or four nights, I actually slept on an air mattress on the ground next to her crate just to try to get her to stop crying during the night. Because um, really, you're 
you know, you're taking them away from their litter mates and their mom and you are suddenly becoming their, their mother. And so you're trying to comfort them. But yeah, the first week I would say was very, uh, emotional and mostly because of lack of sleep for both Ben and I, um, you're also having to take them out to go to the bathroom throughout the night, but yeah, lots of frustrations went through it. Lots of tears were shed by us both just, um, probably due to lack, just pure exhaustion and trying to figure it out for the first time, never having done it before. I, I've heard uh, one more question than Tanner. I'll, I'll stop talking and let, let you actually talk because you have experience here. Um, my parents have always said, my dad tells the story of when I was born, they took me out to the car, put me in my, in my uh, uh, not suitcase, what's it called? Car seat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they got in the front of the car and him and my mom looked at each other and were like, uh, what now? Like, where's the instruction manual on how to do this? What do we do? When you got Athena home for the first time, did you have that experience at all? Or did you grow up with a dog and you felt like you kind of knew what you needed to be doing? No, I, I definitely relate to that. I did not, we had a dog after I went off to college. So I never got to experience the puppy part or just having them in the house part. So that was totally new. Um, we even, you know how they say like parenting doesn't come with a, with a guidebook. They don't, being an adult doesn't come with a guidebook. You just have to learn by experience. Well, Ben and I literally did read guidebooks and we still were prepared <laughs> for everything that would happen. Um, I think you can try to be as prepared, you know, you can try, but there's going to be so much of it is just learning in the moment and experiencing it for yourself. Tanner, what has your experience of raising two dogs been like for you? Um, so we have two massive golden retrievers. Uh, their golden retrievers are normally 50 to 70 pounds. Both of ours are 90 pounds. Uh, and we had our first one when we moved into a 750 square foot apartment. So, uh, wow. <laughs> luckily, we waited until we moved out of an apartment to get the second. The second one is definitely a COVID puppy. Um, and because we both work from home, it does not leave either of us alone at all. Um, I don't know if it's coming through in the audio, but I've got my office door closed and it's currently outside crying because it doesn't get to be in here with me right now. Um, so you love them a lot. They love you a lot. Um, but they're a lot. Uh, Tanner, I don't know if you uh, heard the question uh, when, your, when your audio cut out for a moment, but um, it, we asked Audrey the question of if uh, pregnancy is called a cardiovascular workout for nine months. Would you say on the, the husband side of things, has pregnancy been a cardiovascular workout for you as well? Uh, no, I'm not going to pretend to be in the same category at all. Uh, very, I'm going to be very smart with that answer. Uh, it's definitely been harder on her than it has for like, me. I'm yeah, going I feel to like just started that well. be there as much as I can. <laughs> um, let's see if he comes back quickly. And then I think we're about done. Tanner. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> did you give a full answer? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Oh man, we well, started off strong. <laughs> yeah, let me let me clap on my end. I'll re-ask you the question, and then let's try one more time. Do I need to clap or anything? Sound good? No, I'll just do it to give Joel or whoever edits it a marker that we're coming back in. Okay. All right, here we go. 
Uh, Tanner, we asked Audrey, uh, we said pregnancy is called a cardiovascular workout for nine months. Um, on your end, as the, the husband of someone who is pregnant and has been pregnant for about eight months, has it also been a cardiovascular workout for you? No, no, I'm not going to pretend to go through anything close to what she has gone through so far. Um, uh, not that it's been easy for me, but um, I, the best thing I can do is try to be there for her as much as I can. Um, little things, wearing her out, helping her be able to put her shoes on when she can't necessarily bend over to get to her shoes or um, just rubbing her back because her back is hurting. So uh, it's not like my life hasn't changed in the process, but um, no, it's been much harder for her. That felt like a setup for you just to like brag on yourself. Uh, it, well it said. Worked. Well said. It worked that way. Uh, I got to talk about all the good <laughs> I've been doing. So now, will Grace l- listen to this podcast, or were you just sharing with Audrey and I and and the Michael like stuff audience about uh, what what a great husband you are? Um, so this is the first segment of the podcast. So we're only a few minutes into this. So she'll probably listen this far, uh, but she's probably rolling her eyes right now and won't listen to the rest of the podcast. Well, you're smart. Audrey, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything that you would like to say to Michael and Madeline, any advice that you'd like to give or any thoughts you'd like to offer them before we let you go? Yes. First, I just want to say congratulations to the both of you. I am so excited about you welcoming your new baby boy into the world. I know the both of you are going to be excellent parents. Um, You're both two some of the funniest and most thoughtful people I know. And you've got this. And if I could offer a word of encouragement, speaking to my segment on being a new puppy mother, um, the good news is your baby's not going to be able to walk or run for at least a year. So you can just set it somewhere (laughs) and it's not going to run away. So that will be super helpful because that's that's been a real a real issue (laughs) with the puppy. But seriously, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor and uh, just big love and congratulations to Madeline and Michael. Audrey, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. We are going to take a quick break and be right back with our next segment. And for our next guest, we have someone who truly needs no introduction. This is my favorite all-time guest on the Michael Like Stuff podcast. I believe... This person was the, actually the very first guest on the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Mitchell Moon. <laughs> Mitchell, we've, we've asked you to come here today to offer five pieces of parenting advice that you have for well, Michael as he... You're with an intro? You're just going to let me make a noise oh. and just cut me off? I thought that was your intro. Please, by all means, the floor is yours. No, you were right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Uh, Mitchell, we've, we've asked you here today to give us uh, five pieces of parenting advice yeah. that you have for Michael as he begins this new journey of fatherhood. Um, so please, the floor is yours. Please hit us with number one. Um, as we all know, um, I am a big fan of parenting and being a parent. Um, I um, have eight kids of my own. Um, really, you could say 12, <laughs> ultimately. Um, but a few of them are on my naughty list right now. Um, the the players and the manager of Liverpool Football Club, that is. Um, so I'm, mm. I'm very well knowledge and versed in parenting advice. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna start off with uh, number one. Um, this is a real doozy, so I need, a, I need you all to strap in. 
Um, I need you all to bring yourself to a good center, okay? And uh, we'll start. We'll start here. Um, number one, you have heard it said that one should play classical music to make thine baby smarter. But lo, I say unto thee, play. <laughs> Damn it! Don't laugh. I can't finish. Play Snoop Doggy Dog instead to make thine baby danker. Not where I thought you were going with that. Hmm. Where did you think I was going with that? Uh, I, I was the go, thinking the heavy metal. Uh, yeah, see, rock. I, see, I did that. I did that at first, and then I realized that um, "danker" is a better word than um, a Satan worshiper. <laughs> That's a word right there. That is a word. Yeah, one single word, no space. I mm. actually, I don't know that I've ever heard the play classical music to make your baby smarter. Why? Why is that a thing? Um, it's uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, as my point okay. very eloquently, um, but, you know, but elaborates it is. on it, but, it is um, an actual it thing. Is, yeah, unfortunately, it is. Yes, um, I don't know. Are you, you saying it shouldn't be just because you don't like classical music? I love class- classical music. I'm a huge fan. Then, but, wow. wait, wait, wait. Are, are your musical tastes classical music and hard rock? <laughs> uh, no, I don't like hard rock. I like metal. Thank you. Oh, are, is it metal and classical? It's metal, classical, and uh, 50s jazz. Mm-hmm. Heck yes. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's a real thing. We need to find like an evening lounge that we can go, and that's the three types of music that they play after like 8 o'clock. <laughs> do, do you have a playlist like a, that combines all three of those? I can make one very easily and send it to you if you'd like. Um, that was wonderful. Um, yeah. Tanner, as I'm sure we're going to talk about many times uh, over the course of this podcast, you also are about to be a father. Are, are you Wait, preparing what? your musical playlist? Wait, hold on. What? Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you for your surprise, Mitchell. I make people think that I haven't told you things. You were well aware, just to set the record straight. Man, Tanner is so, like, stiff right now, like, just because he's on a freaking podcast. Relax, bro. <laughs> Uh, we're a very formal host here on the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Oh my god! Uh, no, that you, was a good deflection of the question. Yes, thank you, thank you, uh, Mitchell. You're number two. You're not even going to answer. <laughs> well, hey, maybe maybe Tanner needs to follow your advice and start building yeah. a Snoop Doggy Dog playlist. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, my number two. Um, we've reached the sponsored part of the episode. Um, this this number two is sponsored by Ozzy's Petmobile. Um, and their slogan, uh, keep them clean and keep them cute. Keep them clean and keep them cute. Simple. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have, uh, I have no notes, no, no further questions. None, none needed. Um, but I, I do have a further add on to just make sure I really drive the point home. This is sponsored by Ozzy's Petmobile. <laughs> is this a I'm speaking of Ozzy's Petmobile? Did I speak it? No, no, no. This is a this is a vehicle that I saw next to us last night as I was driving around. No, no. no. Are you speaking the sponsorship into existence? Like, are you just going to no. keep saying they're sponsored and sponsors until they actually are? Or have no, you I am going to keep saying they're sponsors, but no, they won't be. <laughs> so wait, what's their saying? Keep them clean and what? Keep them clean and keep them cute. Keep them cute. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my interesting things with with babies is. Uh, Everyone says that their their baby's the cutest baby in the world, or mm-hmm. everyone says that, um, you know, that, that when you're looking at a baby, it's, oh, it's the cutest baby I've ever seen. Uh, Mitchell, my question for you is simply, how is every single baby the cutest baby ever? They're not. They're all ugly. 
I'd, I'd like to add on something there of I was not. I'm definitely peaking now. <laughs> um, but it took 28 years for you to get there. Jesus. Uh, I, I looked rough at first, and my parents have a little scrapbook, and with my first picture, my dad has a caption written next to it of "It looks like he got beat up by Mike Tyson." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's a good person to get beat up by. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Mitchell, you're number three. Yeah, my number three. Um, this is this is something that's worked in the past um, for me personally, um, and it is uh, stare down your baby when they cry until they stop crying. Now I'm talking, mm. get within an inch of their face, right? Yep. And just stare at them. Just stare them down. Just look at them. Be like, what? Ex- mm-hmm. What experience do you have doing this? Um, looking you at myself in the mirror while I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Until you stop crying. You Until I stop crying. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, that's an alpha dog mentality of like you do. Tana, that's we a, don't do alpha dogs anymore. It's all about sigma dogs. I, I got. Nothing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm scared to say anything. <laughs> All right, Mitchell, your next point. Okay, I, have yeah. a, I have something that relates. Um, when I was in like middle school, um, I remember very clearly like going to the mall and when you'd catch eye contact with like a toddler or a baby staring at them and like doing the whole staring contest thing until they blinked or looked away first. And then when like a toddler or a baby would look away, I'd walk, I'd walk away and be like, yeah, I'm that guy. You don't want to <laughs> mess with me, kid. You don't want to mess with me. Did you ever do that or was it just me? Uh, it's just you. Cool. So I'm the person who needs therapy. Um, no, we all need therapy. Oh, let's, okay. let's Maybe make that, that should clear. be number four. Um, Is that number four no. on your parenting list? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> it might be an addendum number six at this rate, but no. <laughs> uh, number four on your list of five tips for Michael as he begins this parenting journey. Yeah, of course. Uh, make sure you take your baby out for a walk twice a day. Um, it's very important that they get their exercise and um, that they get to do their business in the yard. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, just make sure at least twice a day. Uh, you can do three times a day if um, your baby is particularly hyper and really wanting to get out there and uh, explore the world. But um, usually no, no less than twice a day. Um, I find that one time a day um, just really keep, leaves them pent up in a few different ways, and uh, you don't want that. Uh, Tanner, would you like to take this one? Um, I mean, as as Chase mentioned, yes, I we are having a baby coming up soon, and one You're of the things they baby? did one of the things they did stress was taking your baby out on walks. Of, uh, I don't think they were planning on it like burning energy. It was more of it being in the stroller, but just the natural sunlight's good for it. So you're you're more mm. right than you know, Mitchell. Um, no, Tanner, I am just right. There is no more or less right. I am right. Were you or I, uh, any of your siblings kids that were on leashes? No. Uh, we we could have put Brandon on a leash very easily <laughs> and maybe should have, but no, we were not, no. It was probably a choking hazard between Mitchell and Brandon. Like they yeah, were, I would have strangled him by his leash and strangled him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when we were growing up the leashes being a thing, but like when... Tanner, when your youngest uh, brother, who I won't, I won't out on the podcast, but when he was growing up, I think the leashes were probably around. 
Yes, they they were probably around at that point. I I remember specifically places like amusement parks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Tate was never on a leash. Um, uh, he was too much of a mama's boy to go anywhere. <laughs> no, wait, hold on, hold on. Is this is this an actual thing? Yeah, have the, you never seen this? No. Yes. Oh yeah, this is a dead serious question. It's basically there, like there a backpack this- that clips in front. And they're on a leash, so they can't get too far away from their parents. What the hell? Yeah, and quite a few of them have, like, a stretchy, elastic-type material, so that there's a little bit of give to it, but it keeps your kid within, I don't know, 10 feet of you, 5 feet of you? And there's different distances, depending on how good a kid you have. <laughs> so, to be clear, Mitchell, you are not recommending Michael and Madeline put their baby on a leash to go for walks, or I, are you? I mean, at this point, maybe I am. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. That's... Wow, that is that is so impressive. I mean, you know, sometimes in life we get faced with choices that are that are difficult, um, and sometimes we get faced with choices that aren't difficult. And uh, putting your baby on a leash, taking him out on a walk, seems like an easy choice to me. <laughs> Enough said. Will you give us uh, finally your final piece of advice for Michael as he begins his parenting journey? Yeah, and I'm going to talk directly to Michael here, um, mm. Michael. Don't drop your kid. <laughs> or do. Um, if you really want him to become like a weird savant kind of thing. But um, yeah, d- d- keep, keep your kid in your hands if you can. Um, or on the floor um, when you're out of walks with uh, said kid. Um, but don't drop him or her. I don't know which one it is. I should have asked probably. But it's, it's a him. It's a him, yeah. Okay, so I do that. Um, don't don't drop him on the floor. Um, maybe drop him on a trampoline if you're feeling daring and risky. Um, perhaps in a foam pit full of little foam squares, um, but not foam rectangles. That's that's not okay. Um, but yeah, don't drop your kid unless um, unless you're actively trying to make them like a weird dumb in a lot of ways and then uh, a crazy piano player or something were either of you dropped as kids copiously mm-hmm. uh, I'm copiously. odds are yes but there's no like famous family story of your parents were ice skating and dropped you or anything like that no uh, no no my dad just threw uh, threw stuff at me when I was a kid yeah <laughs> I, well, then that's interesting. One of your pieces of advice is not don't throw stuff at your kids. So. Um, no, I mean, I turned out fine, so it's probably okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mitchell, this has been wonderful. I'd, I'd like to mm-hmm. recap. Um, mm-hmm. You can grade me on how I did taking notes. I mm-hmm. believe your first piece of advice yeah. for Michael as he begins his parenting journey and this better is... better be verbatim, by It's the not going to be verb- verbatim. <laughs> I got the gist. Oh, um, instead of uh, playing classical music for your kid to make them smarter, mm-hmm. you need to... Uh, listen and play Snoop Dogg for them so they can become more dank? Indeed. Mm. Okay. Mm. Indeed. Um, <laughs> number two, keep them clean and keep them cute. I don't remember who is sponsoring oh that segment. Oh, my God. It's brought to you by Ozzy's Petmobile. This isn't freaking hard. I don't have any pets. And I, I don't have any babies, so I mm. don't have a whole lot of things I need to keep clean and keep cute. Which one do you think you get first? A pet or a baby? Yes. Oh, a baby for sure. We've we've agreed that we're not doing pets until we retire. Wow, that's yeah. wild. Um, number three, stare down your baby until they stop crying. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And you shared a very touching story about staring at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. until you stopped crying. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Number four, make sure you take your baby out for a walk twice a day. And I believe you added something about so that they can take care of business while they're outside. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And number five, this one was directly to Michael. You looked straight into the camera and mm-hmm. said, don't drop your kid. Uh, or do. Or do. If you're trying to add like a, a personality quirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's wonderful. Tanner, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you would like to ask Mitchell or add to this before we let him go? Um, no, I don't. Mitchell, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, truly, as always, a special time. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Mitchell, you're, you're a legend on the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Uh, is there anything that you would like to say to Michael and Madeline before, uh, before we sign off? Um, yeah, sure. Um, Michael, Madeline, y'all are wonderful people. Great job uh, doing the kid thing. Proud of you both, I guess. Um, And uh, no, for real, very proud of you both. And uh, great job and keep it up. Or don't. It depends on how many kids you want. That was touching. And uh, I think uh, it's time for us to let you go. Mitchell, we Mm -hmm. will see you next time on the Michael Like Stuff podcast. I I bet uh, the odds are slim that it will be with Tanner and I as your hosts. Mm. But who knows? Maybe there will be kid number two and we can do another unauthorized podcast. I look forward to that day. Thank you, Mitchell. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Toodaloo, fellas. And our next guest tying in with Mitchell there, uh, one of his last things of don't drop your kid is going to have a fun story about Michael throwing things we hear. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Hello, everyone. We're here with Mr. Reese Lux to talk about what we think is Michael's favorite all-around sports team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I don't think he would argue that. Titans coming off a tough end to the season where they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 18 in a win and go to the playoffs, lose and you're done situation. Um, so, Reese, we gave you the topic of the Titans and kind of the offseason. Uh, the first thing we want to start with is Michael's hottest Titans take of trade for Lamar Jackson. Why don't you walk us through that a little bit? Okay, so it's not as crazy as he initially led it to believe. You've got to think through it a little bit. So let's talk through Lamar Jackson. He is a, an MVP, youngest MVP ever. He's 26 years old. He is a, share, a shade older than college quarterbacks. Um, has a decade of production ahead of him. Could have multiple MVPs. Could have Super Bowl runs. He is that level of athlete. He's won a Heisman, so we know the guy can perform. Um, let's say you make the trade. Um, is he instantly the best quarterback in your division? I think without a shadow of a doubt, yes. He is the best quarterback in the AFC South by a pretty wide margin. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has shown flashes, but at the same time, like four picks in a playoff game, not stellar. I mean, they took the Chargers charging to advance there. We don't know what the Texans are going to do. Probably looking like Bryce Young, but then again, that's a, that's a project, you know, like he's the future, but I mean, how competitive is that roster going to be in a couple years? And how do you compare that to Lamar Jackson? And then Colts, who knows what they're going to do? Will Levis, maybe. I mean, who who knows? Um, I think you're immediately the best team in that division, quarterback alone, in a bad division where 10 win gets, gets you to the playoffs pretty essentially every year. Um, can you protect him? You know, it was been, it's been dicey, but a lot of that was injuries. I mean, how, how fluky would it be to have three years in a row of the most injuries in the league? 
Can you build that offensive line to protect him? Does that make sense? I think if that's the direction you want to go, totally, absolutely. I mean, you that that guarantees playoff a birth for many years to come. Um, the trade offer he sent of two first Tannehill and Henry. I mean, quarterback-driven league, love that. But at the same time, you got to have impact players around you. Two first rounds, that is impact players. Derrick Henry also is potentially the best player in your franchise's history. I mean, who do you run out? I mean, Chigaquanquo. I mean, there's not really. You have, so, yeah, you'll have Traylon Burks at your one receiver. I love that, I yeah. Mean, you're, what is it, you have the 11th pick this year, so you're trading that in a Lamar Jackson trade. So you're, not only is it a first-round pick, it's a relatively high first-round yeah. pick. Uh, I, I agree. And then at the same time, you're, I mean, you're going to have to sign him to a massive contract, right? Massive contract. And the way you win in this league is young quarterbacks with a lot of talent around them. That's been proven time and time again. I mean, even Mahomes has had weird playoff stuff happening since he signed that massive contract. So, like, do you follow the template or do you want to be competitive? Now, it's a tough question, you know. There's, the, there's not a wrong answer, but what's the right answer? That's a good question. So... Finish this sentence. The starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year is. So some news came out today that changed my answer pretty abruptly. The right answer is Ryan Tannehill, but that's not fun. Wah, wah. Um, it's not fun at all. But the questions you got to ask yourself is, is this QB an upgrade? Is this a Vrabel guy? And what do you want to come here? So let's run through a Tom Brady. Absolutely a Vrabel guy. Probably an upgrade over Tannehill um, because Tannehill's thing is he's got the talent, but man, he just falls apart in those clutch moments when he needs wins. So I think Tom Brady, if you have a shot at him, don't make the same mistake you made three years ago. Go get him. Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure he's a variable guy, and I'm not sure he's an upgrade. We saw Tannehill thoroughly outclass him this season uh, on the on the road. I, I don't think that's an upgrade. Also, absolutely not a variable guy. Come on, like let's be real here. Those two would not get along. <laughs> he does seem like a Nashville um, guy, though. That seems like a, a good like a, city a good quarterback, quarterback fit. fit. City quarterback, I love it. And don't get me wrong, I would be excited about it, but I just don't see that working out um, long term. And then think he'd about he'd be on bus with the boys every oh, week. Totally. He'd be oh, on with Clay Travis totally every single every week. Single Totally love that. But think about the other guys. I mean, is he an upgrade? Uh, is uh, Derek Carr an upgrade? No. Is Jimmy G an upgrade? No. Is Matt Ryan an upgrade? Absolutely not. So a lot of those other people out there, not an upgrade over Tannehill. Tannehill wants to be here. You could extend him. That's the right answer. The nightmare situation is he gets mad and takes off. Malik Willis is your starter. Mm. That is a nightmare scenario. But the news that came out this afternoon is uh, Ray Cawthorn of the – San Francisco 49ers is the Titans' new GM as of this afternoon. That's fantastic. Nobody knows what you have in Trey Lance better than this guy. Um, And right now they have Brock Purdy on a a Brady-esque run that could end in a Super Bowl title. They are kicking tail right now with the pieces around him. And I don't know how you bench a guy who's had that level of playoff success for a guy who's played one game in the NFL. Um, I don't know what the price is, but if we're talking making a major splashy move to go for it, 
and get younger and potentially compete in this division for a long time, I think you can get Trey Lance better than or cheaper than um, Lamar Jackson. So right answer is Ryan Tannehill, but the fun answer and the answer I'm hope we're going towards is Trey Lance. Well, we talked about that in a group text the other day of the possibility of trading for Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, he's definitely going to be cheaper to trade for than Lamar. He's definitely going to be a cheaper to pay than Lamar. Uh, some discrepancies about what he might be worth. What do you think the, the, think 49ers, the 49ers would 49ers take, would for, take Trey for Trey Lance? Do you think they take a second round pick at this point? What is? Like, I don't even know what he's worth. I have no idea what he's worth because he's so unproven and he's played one game. But man, they they saw something in him to trade all those picks to move up to three to get him. They thought they were a quarterback away. And I mean, oddly enough, they were like, look at the, what they're the run they're on now. They got they got rid of Jimmy G, who's by injury, of course. But Brock Purdy's been playing lights out. Um, honestly, this the playoffs will tell a big story if the quarterback is the issue. It's Trey Lance. He's their guy. They're going to move forward with that. But I mean, if Brock Purdy delivers a championship, like what do you do? Um, and you, you have to run him out as a starter. You have to. You have to. You have to. You have to. And yeah. if anybody knows how to get, yeah. recruit some assets and potentially move off of this first round quarterback, I mean, why not trade him to the guy that was in the office and he was in the room when that decision was made? So, very interesting things that could come from this. He's, yeah. Your gut reaction, what does it take to get Trey Lance? Um, it was th- it was two or three first rounds to get him. It might be a first. I mean, I think I tr- I think I do it honestly. I mean, a yeah, top three quarterback potentially in this division when you have to get young because like I talked through Young, Bryce Young, Stroud, Levis. I mean, you're not going to move up from eleven to get those guys, especially with the the absolute hauls we're going to ask for them. So I think maybe you can get it done for a first, maybe a first and a fourth or something like that. If the Niners are just wanting out of him, I get that. Um, again, that's cheaper than Lamar. And I, I do think it's an upgrade. I think it could be. Do you think there's a world where the Titans just blow it up? Oh, absolutely a world there. Um, again, they're bringing in a new guy. Depends on how committed they are to Vrabel long term. Uh, if they say Vrabel, you're allowed to be around for the long term beyond this blow up. I mean, we've slowly watched this roster rot away for two, three years where they have missed on massive picks that would have gotten us over the edge. The A.J. Brown trade, again, brutal F minus in hindsight. I think there's a real possibility they could blow it up if they can't find the right pieces because, I mean, they are an offensive line away. They are multiple members of the secondary away. You need a wide receiver, too, that doesn't drop the ball every day. I mean, you maybe have a tight end in Hooper, maybe a tight end, too, in a Quanquo. That's great, but, like, what are you going to do? It's You're a lot of pieces away. Maybe it makes sense to get young. Yeah, I agree. They're definitely a lot of pieces away. They're kind of at a turning point right now mm-hmm. of you have to make some tough decisions and if everything goes well, they're building a new stadium in a couple years. Exactly. You can you can commit to trying to be good right now and then that's really you might have a pretty crappy team when the new stadium comes around. Um and what is that? That would probably be 2027 or so, I think is when they're projecting to move it's when in there. Quinn Ewers will Quinn be the starting Ewers quarterback, will be the starting for, Tennessee quarterback for Tennessee Titans. Nah, man, Arch yeah, Manning. Arch Manning. Arch Manning. <laughs> <laughs> 
two great yeah. Texas quarterbacks. One of the Longhorns quarterbacks will be the starting quarterback. Maybe Sam Ellinger and Colt McCoy can be the backups. Yeah, Colt McCoy will still be around. <laughs> Reese, thank you so much for coming on. you have any uh, advice you'd like to pass on to Michael? Uh, no advice other than good luck, let your wife sleep. I, I, I wish you the best, and I'm excited to have another Titans fan in the world. Thank you so much, Reese. Really appreciate it. Uh, our next guest is going to be probably the person that has been on the podcast the most that has not been related to Michael Klinger um, and probably the most popular guest Michael's ever had on. Stay tuned. All right, we are here with Drew Clark. Uh, some might say a good friend of Michael Klinger. Um, you maybe you not might all, say but, that. But some might. Um, Drew, you and Michael interact in a lot of different circles. Uh, minister friends, golfing buddies, uh, college friends. Uh, so we assume you have a, a few stories about Michael that we'd like to hear. Uh, the one that comes to mind right now uh, is for Michael, Michael's bachelor party. Uh, all of his <laughs> groomsmen um, pitched in and got him a set of new wedges from Costco, right? Yes, that's true. Uh, Michael has been uh, golfing with this set of clubs that uh, might be worse than like Costco brand. I, I know Kirkland has stepped up their game, but... Uh, like very much starter set. Uh, the yellow driver matches the yellow bag that it comes in. Uh, every club all the way down to sand wedge looks exactly the same. Um, and we wanted to, to bless him a little bit for his, uh, for his upcoming nuptials and uh, provide him with a, a set of new wedges from Costco, some K-Sigs. Uh, and man... Did we uh, – I, I think we hit a home run with those for sure. Oh, so have they drastically improved his golf game? Absolutely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's a strong maybe on that one. <laughs> um, I, I, might, I might be the person who has most recently played golf with Michael, which was uh, a little over a week ago. And uh, his his wedges were in the bag, um, and he did hit them, and they went. So that's a, that's about all I'll say for that. Uh, They're doing their job. They are. They are. Uh, but the the most memorable thing about those wedges is when we actually gifted them to him. Uh, he wanted to play golf as a part of his uh, bachelor party trip. And so uh, we're playing golf just outside of uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee, doing the whole Jack Daniels tour, all that stuff. And we take one day to go play golf. And there's uh, eight of us. And so four of us go off on the first foursome. And then Michael is in the second foursome. Uh, the way it divided up was the first four uh, wanted to play a match against each other. And the second four didn't really care about what happened on the golf course and wanted to consume a little more alcohol than the first four. Um, and so the most memorable thing that happened there, like, is probably, it, for me, it's the most memorable thing that will ever happen on that golf course, is that the first four of us, we get through the first nine holes, 
and we're sitting by the clubhouse waiting for them to finish playing their ninth hole. And um, some of us run into the bathroom. Some of us are grabbing drinks, waiting for them to finish. And I walk out of the clubhouse from the bathroom to witness Michael chunk something with this brand new wedge. And the wedge goes 30 feet in the air, straight up, comes down across a cart path and straight onto the concrete. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And like he's he's owned these wedges for no less than three hours (laughs) and just is already just yeeting them across the golf course. (laughs) Now, I have not had the pleasure of getting to see Michael throw those wedges, but I have got to see him throw other golf clubs, particularly his putter. Um, And same thing, bouncing it. Somehow it always manages to find the cart path. Um which is never really good for the golf club. Uh, But given Michael's history of uh, throwing golf clubs, and recently he's gotten a lot of gifts from showers people have thrown him, do you think there's a particular gift he's going to get that he throws first? Um, Let me me put a timeout on this. Like, are you... (laughs) Sorry, I don't know if you can edit this or not, but can you guys hear some sort of, like, animal crying outside my window right now? No. Okay. No. I, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to have to go check that soon. Anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry. It's like we've had this cat in the neighborhood that just Oops. has been hanging can out. Can you do another place. clap? Yeah. No, no, let it run, no, let, we'll it run. let it run. Let it's it run. Good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yes, Michael is known to yeet things. Um, uh, fun fact, Michael and I lived together before he got married, so uh, I've seen him uh, throw a few things with vigor, if you will. Um, and I, the one answer that I can come up with for what is he most likely to throw after receiving things from these showers, uh, I was blessed to be at his baby shower that his home church threw him, um, and he received a lot of diapers, and... Um, I would have to say that I'll be incredibly disappointed if he doesn't slam dunk a diaper into a trash can <laughs> within the first month of his child being at home. Uh, for sure, just like straight up in the air and just rip it into the can as hard as he can, for sure. Do you think uh, he's going to be like a little kid, like impersonating John Morant, like the latest John Morant highlight dunk? Oh, that dunk was insane. Uh, oh, well, we're for sure at least going to get a Kobe or two out of him just <laughs> from like across the room aiming for the for the trash can. I hope he doesn't sure. miss. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could. that could be catastrophic for sure. Um, but I, I guess I try to come up with some other things like – I'm sure he's received stuffed animals and he'll probably be watching a, a, a Grizzlies game and get a wrong call and probably just like the closest thing to him and grab the stuffed animal and just rip it across the room as hard as he can. Um, but I, I will say it's probably not the wisest thing to be just throwing things full force around a newborn. So I, I hope that our friend has enough wisdom to not just be throwing things around the room while his uh, while his son is within close distance, I, I've heard many people call him Michael the Wise, so I, I think we're okay. 
I think uh, the odds are, are good to decent that we get Tanner yeeting his baby monitor at some point. Tanner like, or baby Michael? monitors. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael, Michael, Michael. I think we get Michael yeeting his baby monitor at something. Um, I've never used a baby monitor, um, but I could absolutely see a world where I would be using something and like the technology isn't quite working right and I can't quite figure it out and I'm sleep deprived and I'm tired and I just want nothing to do with it, I throw it. And uh, I, if I had to put my money on a gift that, that Michael got at a, at a shower that he's going to throw first, I think my money will be on the baby monitor. Can That's confirm good. he did receive a baby monitor. So, boom, we're Tanner, in play. Uh, you, you cut out when yeah. you were answering. Yeah. What do you think Michael is going to throw first? Uh, I like Drew's answer. I think that's probably the most likely, but I didn't think of it before Drew answered. Um, so my guess would be like a bottle or something. He's sitting there holding his child, can't get the lid or something off of it, and holding just throws it across know. the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding something. <laughs> That's hilarious. We'll get it on the back end. Yeah, the dumb part of this is his audio is still recording on his end. So he's yeah. talking and we're missing it. Yeah. Um, I'll ask this. Uh, I'm going to clap and then uh, so to give yeah. the editor a mark and then ask you one more question. I'm sorry. to clap as well. Jump in. No, I think I think if just one of us does, yeah. it works. Very sorry. Oh, Tanner, welcome back. Um, <laughs> welcome back, Tanner. Drew, uh, we collectively have been a part of a golf trip for many years, and that golf trip is changing this year. Um, would you like to to share with us what is happening in the world of our very small group of friends' golf lives? <laughs> I, th- I think so many people are going to care about this for sure. Um, it, it started out that there were four of us. Um, it happened to be Chase, Tanner, myself, and Ben, who you have already heard from, uh, started a, a little annual golf trip. We went to Myrtle Beach and we went to Pinehurst and then we went to Orlando and then we thought, let's add some more people to the mix. And Michael happened just, to... Just like how Michael and Madeline thought, let's add some people to the mix. Right. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Well um, and so Michael joined us, uh, on the trip for, uh, for last year, this past year, uh, last February and... Man, what a joy it was to have him. Uh, we saw clubs thrown, for sure. Um, and you know what? He didn't play terribly. He really didn't. Uh, he was there to have a good time. He said that from the beginning, and um, he was a man of his word. And uh, about, uh, I don't know how long it was after we got back, but uh, we got a text from, from Michael that said, hey, I would love to give you an update on my availability to return next year. And we said, great. So he gets a few of us on FaceTime, and he says, I have decided to join a competing league and not return to the Bogey Bros Invitational this year, which is the name of our uh, our tour or our annual event, if you wish. Um, Michael has decided to uh, break off, and uh, with the help of another member of this current league that we're in, of whom will remain nameless, because I don't know if that's public knowledge or not. It is. Um, it is. Okay, so Tanner, you suck. You're going with Michael to uh, form, form the DOG, the Dads of Golf League. Because uh, for those who may or may not know, Tanner and his wife are also expecting a child. So uh, we are going to miss the two of them, uh, but we wish them the worst of luck in their newest <laughs> entrepreneurial endeavor. Yes, we hope your golf scores are terrible, but your parenting is wonderful. 
<laughs> oh, at least the first half of that is true so far. <laughs> Tanner, do you have anything else you'd like to ask Drew before we let him go? Uh, no, I don't. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Drew, hey. do, you have, uh, do you have anything that you would like to say to Michael and Madeline before we let you go? Michael and Madeline, uh, two wonderful human beings, which I know will translate to being two wonderful parents. Uh, and we look forward to meeting Wesley Owen here in the near future. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Drew. We will uh, talk to you later. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Bye. Welcome back. We're here with Mr. Benjamin Daniel Green, uh, a close personal friend of Michael, uh, self-proclaimed. Um, ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I would uh, like to consider my someone, myself someone who Michael likes. Ben, I have a question for you right off the top. Uh, do you yeah. do you think you are a uh, do you think uh, Michael is a better friend to you or do you think you are a better friend to Michael? Wh- which one of you considers oh, the other closer? I don't know. I feel like I probably consider Michael closer. Like yeah, like like when we see each other, I feel like I'm like, oh, no time's passed more than he would be. But um, yeah, that's what. Are you answering that based on like if you were ranking your top friends, like Michael would be fourth for you, but you'd be like ninth for him? That's a, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I think my, my four are equal to his nine. Um. So yes, yes in a way and no in a way. Great answer. Thank you Great for your answer. vulnerability. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we have you on here today to talk about uh, one of Michael's favorite topics. Probably what this podcast has turned into the most uh, under Michael, uh, and that's reality TV. Uh, most of his podcasts at this point are now survivor based. Um, so we're going to get you with one question off the bat of, uh, would you rather spend a season as a contestant on Survivor or would you rather host Love is Blind? Well, I, I think um, reality TV has become one of my favorite things as well, seeing as how we've had to record this a couple times and then because mm. of certain aspects had to edit some other things away and put another mm. thing. So some can't even tell if this is the most truthful answer to have, um, but it will be entertaining. I think that um, when it comes to this question, I think if it was being a contestant on either one, I would um, be split pretty hard because I don't know how I can uh, sit in a room and talk to a wall um, without falling asleep um, or talk about myself for that long without um, falling asleep. So, um, And the other the other thing is I don't want to eat things I don't want to eat. And uh, I don't know if that's uh, conducive to being a contestant on Survivor. Um, I think I'm going to take uh, hosting Love is Blind with an asterisk that I think I'm more likely to be sued as a host of Love is Blind than I am a Survivor uh, contestant. But um, I do think it would be more entertaining um, for me to be a host of Love is Blind. The Lachey's are absolutely useless on Love is Blind. I don't know how much you've watched, but they could use some new hosts, and I think you would do a good job of uh, poking fun at them just enough to, uh, to keep it interesting. 
Yeah, I, w- I would try to be like the perfect mis- mixture of um, the Great British Bake Off, um, and then like the Bachelorette reunions, and um, and a little bit of like uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, if I can get all those three aspects going, I think we could push Love Is Blind into the next into the stratosphere instead of this just kind of um, subpar um, reality show on some random streaming service. You know, we could really take it to the, the to the big leagues. Yeah, I think you're right. Some random streaming service called Netflix. Who's even heard of that? <laughs> do, do they even still mail their DVDs out? I mean, come on. I remember when they added video games. Can I still get video games through Netflix? Oh, crazy, crazy. Um, truthfully, you can. They've started making their own apps if you do want video games through Netflix. But mm. um, so, as someone who does watch a lot of reality TV, Ben, um, what are your three favorite pieces of content on the internet right now? Um, yeah, prefer it to be a series or show, not just uh, random YouTube videos or channels. Oh yes. Keeping it, keeping it in some kind of like form factor is great. I, I told these guys that I really could only keep it to five minutes. So, but they kept asking me for more time. So, um, <laughs> please, Mr. For, Green, can we have three. a couple more minutes, please, Mr. Green? <laughs> well, so I, I think, I think there's three things that, uh, uh, when it comes to intaking content online that I try to, uh, steer into, um, and the three things are uh, as follows. One, I think that reality TV at its best is just YouTube drama. Um, there's a few uh, series that I suggest going out there um, for Michael as he is um, weaning his own child uh, <laughs> to put on as background noise um, is a, a YouTube a channel called Coffeezilla, who's a, a YouTube journalist who specializes in the reality TV of YouTube and his most recent series um, with the Jake Paul crypto zoo drama. If that means anything to you, it's incredible. Um, there's a couple other side factors where you can get into the law aspect of it through some lawyers uh, on YouTube, but uh, the Coffeezilla, Jake Paul, crypto zoo drama, and then you can throw in a little bit of the Nelk boys with their... Um, their uh, online crypto casino drama. Those are the two series that I would say um, when it comes to reality TV of YouTube that I really enjoy. Um, the second, the second lane I like to stick into is the uh, uh, more of the informational intake um, through a series called, um, I believe it's called Levels. Is that what we decided it was? Uh, yes, um, Levels by. by uh, by Wired, yeah, you nailed Wired, it. Wired, yes. The Wired YouTube channel, the Level series, um, where they discuss, they bring in an expert in a category. Um, it can range from anything from uh, uh, astrophysics to uh, to musicians, and they explain one idea to between five and six different levels um, of expertise, starting with maybe a kindergartner um, and working their way through high school and then through someone who is like a professional um, and usually ending in talking about that one topic with another expert trying to share or teach that person. Um, and oh, it's a wonderful way um, to see how um, information can grow. Uh, one of my favorite things is learning that there's so much more to learn. Um, and in that space, you can learn uh, uh, plenty of things. And the other thing is, is one of my favorite series for the last probably four or five years now is the, um, the uh, it is the Corridor Digital Crew and their series, Visual Effect Artists React. 
Um, I actually got Audrey to watch this with me, and it is a way that we can actually enjoy movies that we do watch more um, as they bring in guests, as they talk with themselves about good, bad, great visual effects in movies and TV shows and YouTube videos. Um, they break it down. They bring in experts. They show why um, the movie Avatar, the second one that just came out, how the water aspect of that movie is groundbreaking when it comes to being an actual person who is in um, the art of making visual effects. And I think thirdly, I think if you're going to go series um, uh, to those uh, listeners out there who might have children um, coming and going, uh, is to throw on some kind of original series. Uh, maybe this yeah. first started in um, in something like Salad Fingers on YouTube, um, if, you've, if you've been around long enough. Uh, but uh, one of those is... Uh, um, a, a series called The Backrooms, where this man created an alternate universe where actually, like, you can't watch the videos in order. You just have to, like, watch them. And then there's an online community that are dissecting them to figure out what the actual story is. Um, but I think those pieces of art um, are incredible. And I think YouTube offers um, any kind of original story um, in any space. Um, you can stumble into those. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures is Minecraft servers and the Hermitcraft series, um, as there has been 12 different series with 30 different creators, all creating a Minecraft world with characters and storyline and elections and crimes and clans um, while they're putting together bricks um, in a Minecraft sphere. Um, those are the three things that I think I enjoy the most when it comes to online content that are not just individual YouTube videos. Uh, thank you so much for making sure to wrap this back up into YouTube um, as the reality TV segment. Um, I, we I, definitely wanted to prioritize there's no, there's, YouTube. There's no greater reality TV than life <laughs> that is being captured by people who are greedy. And that's what re, that's what YouTube is. People trying to take uh, advantage. You know, man, it's so good. It's so good. For those that haven't picked up on it, uh, Ben does not really watch reality TV, which is why we thought he'd be perfect for this segment. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of going back to actual reality TV. There's a lot of different <laughs> kind of styles. Like you have your adventure type ones of Amazing Race, Survivor. Mm. Uh, you have your love ones of Love Island, Love Is Blind. Even relationships, you throw the circle in there. That's just kind of people. married at first sight. Oh, uh, married yes. at first sight, great show. Um, and then probably uh, I, oh, Bachelor, Bachelorette. That can go in there too. Uh, then I think cooking shows have caught on a lot since COVID started mm. in particular. Um, and you always have like Hell's Kitchen and Master Chef with What's Gordon Ramsay. the new reality one? Uh, the Bear? Have y'all seen that one? That's no, not is, reality. Is that the one with Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Time Piece? What are those movies? Man, that joke would have been hilarious if I remembered the phrase. <laughs> Um, you get stuff like Great British Bake Off. Uh, something that I just watched recently was Drink Masters. I think if either one of you haven't seen that, you need to go watch that one on Netflix. Oh, this isn't really edible, but Lego Master Builders, excellent TV hey, show. Yeah, I don't know what category that would go in uh, of what I just said, but you're right. That is um, that is reality TV. Uh, of those categories, like what would you find yourself like if you were forced to watch reality TV? What would you watch? Would you Probably not like the relationship lovey-dovey ones. 
Yeah, well, I, I think that anytime I can like sense an actual script um, to a reality TV show, like there's some kind of producer or writer in the background trying to make a story. Um, if they have a script, I kind of like stop watching those. I, I really don't enjoy. That's I kind of stopped watching the Jags game the other night um, as the NFL is trying to press yes. this story on me. Yes. Um, so I think I think the cooking ones are the closest because you can't script someone baking a cake poorly or baking a crust correctly when they're actually blind. And then Gordon Ramsay's like, do you hear that crust? And ben, have you, see, have, you I think, of, I th- have you heard of recipes? I think that's exactly what that is. You're scripting no, no. what you do. <laughs> it, wow. I'm actually mind blown by that. Um, I'm going to take it back. I think my favorite would be adventure. If I could watch any of them. Be there you go. There you go. <laughs> Bear grills. Grills. <laughs> Bear Grylls. Oh, the naked. What's the one with um, Marshawn Lynch and Bear Grylls where he like takes <laughs> celebrities out? I think what I'm most excited about, if you're going to talk about future reality TV shows, is the one where they're like taking celebrities and not giving them any rewards, but they're just doing like elite ops training in the middle of the desert. Oh, Have yeah, you not seen, seen the trailer one. for yes. this? <laughs> yes. That, it's like, that's coming out right now. Like They're out on the third or fourth episode already. Oh, my gosh. Has anyone died? I feel like I would have uh, heard about no. that. No, but people have quit. Like, I don't, because there's not rewards, like, people are dropping very quickly from what I've heard. I haven't watched any of it. I think we should, we should workshop the name for this show, even though it probably already has one. I'm thinking the show should be called Do They Got That Dog in Them? It's mm. my working title. Do they have the dog? Uh, how well do you think Tiger Woods would have done in that show at his peak? Oh, until he blew out his knee doing the training? Pretty good. I think he might have won. Or um, succeeded, I guess. I guess if there's no winners, um, I think there's no winners peak. in special ops. That's a good uh, <laughs> subtitle to your show. Do they have the dog in them? Do they have? The, there's no winner in special. <laughs> no, no I and we. Hoorah! <laughs> I think if there's any athlete that wouldn't do well at it, oh man, probably JJ Watt. I don't think he could. He has his stuff. In him. <laughs> Total fluffer. I think any Ohio State quarterback would do very poorly. Oh, any any Ohio State coach, quarterback. <laughs> I don't know if you get might get away get with the, it. If you get the Jason Day from the Georgia game, he might be the best person in the entire show. Yeah, I think he might have a heart attack on the show. It should be kind of <laughs> elite television. <laughs> if there was any reality TV show I'd want to see a heart attack in, it's The Great British Bake Off, though. Because they're loving on each other so much and telling, their, telling each other they're doing such a great job. Yeah. A diabetes-related heart attack would be terrible. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I, how do you edit that? Like, you got to keep it. You know what I mean? Like, if something happens like that on set, you got to keep it in. Yeah, because you couldn't just be like, all right, it's two days later and we're jumping back into filming. Everyone pretend like you're yeah. okay. It's the, <laughs> it's the Roman Grosjean episode, right? Like, you... It has to be the theme of an episode, but it's such a hard cut in the Great British Bake Off. It would might win an Emmy. It might be worth having a heart attack on just to collect collect the hardware. Do not co-sign this. I'm just we're just Michael, I'm Michael just stuff does not support people going out and purposely trying to have heart attacks to win Emmys. But I might. I'm not saying I do, but I might. No further questions, Your Honor. Your I wife is a cardiovascular nurse. And I feel safe around her, so I think we're good. 
Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, any words of advice or anything for Michael and Madeline? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> What's a man to say? You know what? Here's what I've heard before. It's not that bad. You got this. Keep a routine and a schedule and enjoy your time. I might suggest moving to somewhere like Canada or England where you have more time legally, but we'll, we'll save that for another episode. Um, besides that, I'm a dog dad, and it's pretty much the same thing. So love y'all. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, stick around for our next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, joining the Michael Likes Stuff podcast, someone who uh, many would uh, perhaps say should be hosting this very podcast because of the frequency that he has been on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Uncle Joel Klinger. Welcome back to the Michael Likes Stuff podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. I I love it every time I come here, and now I'm Uncle Joel. So that's sick, man. Sick. Thanks, Wes. So, Joel, are are we here to talk about Survivor? Uh, We can be. Uh, no, no, we're not. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got like 15 questions for you, uh, but the biggest one is, have you met your nephew yet? I have not. So we are, we are making plans for that to happen for the meetup. You know, uh, I have seen photos of the young man, but I have not seen him face to face. We'll see if he sizes up. Well, uh, we'll see if we want to use our first round draft pick on him. We'll see, you know, I feel like we should timestamp this. Uh, Wes was only born like four hours ago, so it's yes. not like it's been five days and a half and days. hours ago. I got the text while at Best Buy, and I've been running around at Best Buy saying, "Guys, I'm an uncle. It's happening, man." How many, like, how yeah, many customers did you scare away? Uh, none. Oh. I told two older women, and they were very supportive. They were like, "Wow, I have grandkids <laughs> of my own," and I'm like, "Yeah." Sick. I have a nephew of my own. (laughs) Same. Kind of, you know. Uh, Did you know the name before today? Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. But that was not public information, right? No. No. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. I had been trying to go through in my head and remember if if Michael had told us at some point or if he had posted it somewhere, and I I could not find it. No. No. They didn't do, like, a gender reveal either. So, like, I guess he probably told some people, but... Yeah, if you don't know, it's a boy. His name is Wesley. We're we're excited about that. Uh, our grandfather Nelson Wesley, shout out. Um, shout out. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's exciting, dude. Another boy. Wonderful. Well, we are very happy for you. Um, I know that uh, that I'm sure you feel like you you contributed to this process a great deal. And we asked you here not to talk about being an uncle, even though I'm sure that's the biggest thing on your mind right now. But we asked you here to talk about the, the biggest thing on our mind. To Tanner mm. and I, what has been most important to us over the last mm. nine months. Well, I shouldn't say that for Tanner. He does have an eight-month pregnant oh. wife. For me, the thing that's been most important to me over the last uh, nine months, and that is fantasy football. So, Joel, yeah. we just want your instant reaction. Uh, we were all in a keeper league together, in a dynasty league together, with Michael as the commissioner. The first year. What were your big, immediate takeaways from our first year in fantasy football together? Um... It's going to be a fun ride. I think, I think we all bring something different to the table. Uh, some of us bring a lot of, a lot of uh, attention and a lot of uh, an- analytics. I think some of us bring a lot of heart. 
and some of us don't bring anything, but that's fine. <laughs> you know, we're all happy. We're all happy that everyone's there. So it's 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 a good time. It's good competitive. I've been in leagues where no one checked it. Like last year, I won, but I didn't really feel like that was a real win because maybe like three people were actually playing. I feel like everyone's like actually playing at least a little bit in ours, and I appreciate that. You know. So you mentioned you won your league last year. Who won our league this year? Um, you did Tanner. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Who who did I play in the championship against? It was uh Chase's team. Oh yeah. yeah. It was Chase's team. All right, that's right. Um <laughs> yeah. you you actually played in the third and fourth place game, right? Yeah. Who uh, won that game? You you won that. You did get to beat yeah. Michael. So we are going to tie this back into Michael a little bit. He lost the third place match in his fantasy football league. I'm sure that's first on his mind right now. Um, do you actually remember who ESP, ESPN predicted to win our league right after the draft? Yeah, it was me. Um, it was yeah. me. Yeah, um, it was you. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Fantasy football is so random, right? I think I was picked like ninth in my other league. And me and Devin mutually agreed to a tie for the championship. We had some messy uh, championship things going on oh, there. Oh, that's cool of you guys. Yeah. Uh, I was up like 20 going to the last game, but he had like Josh Allen and Jamar Chase. Ah. So it was like ESP was like, you won, Joel. And I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> I, sure, but like not really. So, but I was picked ninth. It's just so random. I think it's great to be said, hey, you drafted the best team. You know, that's how I took that. Leonard, Leonard Fournette just like fell apart late in the season. You know, I had some guys come on and some guys fall off, you know, but I took like the best quarterback in the draft for $7. I took the best, the second best wide receiver in the league for like $26. You know, I picked a great team. I, that's just, you know, that's what I do in fantasy football. I pick a great team. We make the playoffs and we faltered. You know, that's just life, mm. right? You were, you were even hyped about your team on draft night. You, you, you felt very good about it. Yeah, I, I got bargain deals and y'all were just like making fun of me. And I was like, no, you guys don't understand. <laughs> like I'm building like a legitimate roster and you guys are laughing at me. Yeah. And I did. And you ESPN did. was like, Joel, you're 100 percent right, man. So so we, we know that Tanner actually won the championship this year. But who do you think won the year we aren't just doing a one off fantasy football year? This is a dynasty league. It's a keeper league. Who do you feel like had the best year overall, regardless of finishing position? So. Here's the thing. I th- I applaud Tanner and Tanner's trades that other people did for some reason. I appreciate I like <laughs> we'll I appreciate we'll the like the depth of of trading and all of that stuff. But I'd like to give a shout out to Reese Lusk because that man put together a great team and also just got some like stupid trades from people. And scored like the third most amount of points and didn't even make the playoffs. Not, so only, like, not only didn't make the playoffs, he finished, I think, seventh in a 10-person league. Yeah, and like I think I think he deserves some love here because mm-hmm. I love Reese and I like felt bad that he did that. I mean, he's like Eckler had an awesome year, you know, and like he was turning good good people into better people, and it just didn't work out for him this year. So like Reese lost the year, I guess, but like he wanted my heart because I appreciate the grind and that's just the way it goes sometimes. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it did seem like Reese had like four weeks in a row where he just ran into an absolute buzzsaw. 
Like the week I played him, he was projected to beat me by 25, but it was like the first week that Justin Fields went crazy and had 43 points or something like that. And it seemed like he had that happen three or four weeks in a row. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, this man put up more points than you, Chase, by like oh, 150 yeah. Oh yeah. in the regular season. And it's just, it's just like, that's just stupid luck. You know, like scoring wise, it went Tanner, me, then Reese, then Michael, and then you, Chase, like a big drop off after Michael. And it's just like, that's just brutal. You know, it's that's that's brutal. Like, that's just horrible, horrible, horrible luck. And, you know, I'm glad Reese is in this league. I think he adds a lot. And I I just want to give him a shout out right here. Um, And unfortunately, the bad luck for Reese doesn't stop just with the end of our season. Um, Mm. Our keeper league is a little different. You got to announce one keeper kind of near the the end of the year. um, And Reese announced his keeper is Kyler Murray. And I believe it was that week Kyler tore his ACL. Um, So Reese is quarterback keeper, mobile guy coming off a torn ACL. Um, But another keeper in our league was Devin keeping Justin Fields uh, for, I think it was... Two dollars, but he paid five dollars worth of insurance, so he's going to keep Justin Fields for seven dollars. Um, you mentioned you drafted the best quarterback in the draft in four seven dollars earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that was just awful value from Devin? No, 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 no. Did you see the numbers that Justin Fields was putting up towards the end of the season? That, it was crazy. Like, that, that man is insane. Like, that's the only reason that I, like, co-won my other league was because I had Justin Fields. It's the only so, reason I made the playoffs was because of Justin Fields. Exactly. Like, I, I am all on board with that Justin Fields pick. And honestly, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably keep Jalen Hurts instead of Tyreek Hill. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, I think a quarterback is smart. However, Reese, man, I love you. But, like, Kyler Murray, man, like... Bro, you could have you could have drafted him for five dollars next year, like just flat out. You could have drafted him for like maybe three. Like we don't even know who his coach is next year. This Reese, like that, like really threw me because I thought for sure you're gonna keep like DeAndre Hopkins for a dollar, and you kept Kyler Murray for like five. And I that bum fuzzled me, man. Like I like I just like man, that was tough. Like, I hope it works out for you. You know, you'll be back with a good team next year, I'm sure of it. But whether that team has Kyler Murray on it or not, I think is irrelevant, you know. (laughs) The Kyler Murray keeper threw me for a total loop also. He had the number one uh, running back in fantasy football, Austin Eckler, on his team, which maybe that's a little suspect for next year. I might get why you don't keep him. But he also had T. Higgins and C.D. Lamb, guys that are going to be awesome for the next couple years. So I, I was thrown off by that one as well. In the moment, it was it was the one that raised my eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, and what? I mean, we'll, we won't Go know ahead. until then. But I mean, armchair quarterback over here, armchair GM, just like man, Reese, buddy, man, it's a gut. That's a gut check right there. Joel, we asked you to rank your uh, your favorite trade of the year to pick your favorite trade of the year. I I'm curious if this involves Reese or not. But what was your favorite fantasy trade? of the 2022-2023 fantasy, uh, fantasy league. What was our league called? Only Fantasy. What was your yeah. favorite Only Fantasy trade? Well, I'll tell you which one made me the most frustrated. Mm. Okay. <laughs> would, so, would, would you like to start with the opposite? Would you like to power rank the three worst trades of the fantasy football year? 
I don't need, I don't have three trades. Like it was just, there were just like eight trades this year where it just like, what are we doing guys? Especially Drew and Devin. Like you're, you're just tossing out like great players for worse players. And like, look where it got you. You didn't make the playoffs. Okay. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, Con- consult somebody else if you're gonna if you're gonna be a GM of a fantasy league and you don't know what you're doing. Like this is ridiculous. the the <laughs> trade The trade that really made me mad was the last one, and it was the one that sent you Chase or Tanner. It sent Tanner Joe Mixon for Brian Robinson. Oh, don't get me wrong, Brian Robinson's fine. He's nice, but at that point, it's just like you're clearly tanking, and like you could tank for yourself, but like. <laughs> That like ruins the whole vibe, you know, like like if you're tanking, at least send offers to other people, you know, like put some feelers out there. Say, hey, this guy's on the market. No, I just wake up one morning and see Devin traded (laughs) Joe Mixon for Brian Robinson to like the best team in the league. That's already stacked because of people trading him randos. And it's just like, what are we doing? So I don't have a best trade. I, like I'm sure, I'm sure I look back and there's like one trade that was like, yeah, that was a good trade. But that like no, nothing is sticking out to me as much as that one. It was, that was like a throw in the towel move from Devin, and I don't respect it. You know. And along the lines was, of trades, it was so bad. I I just like to say thank you to Chase. Um, Chase did trade me Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson for. Uh, Tony Pollard and Kenneth Walker. So that, that one stands out in my mind. However, to be fair, that's actually an awesome trade for Chase. Yeah. He, he got two like really quality running backs. He did. For a quarterback and like the best wide receiver of all time. But like, I mean, I mean, I don't think that's a horrible trade. No, you it know? Didn't. Pollard went off. He was look Chase was uh, tanking, as you mentioned, looking for future players. Uh, to keep for next year. Um, and Pollard went off at the end of the year, had a, some great plays. Uh, it is interesting trading for a keeper running back that you don't know what team they're going to be on next year. Um, but props to Chase. Uh, as soon as that trade happened, Chase and I were texting each other and said, all right, I'm I'm playing for this year. Chase is playing to be in the playoffs the next couple years. And I think both of those are likely. I had an interesting fantasy year. I'm prepared to make a statement on it, and that statement is simply the the night of the draft, ESPN ranked me as having the second best team in the league behind uh, Joel Klinger, as we've already mentioned. Uh, I felt very, very good about my team. I probably would have bet a decent amount of money that I would have been in the fantasy uh, finals. And I did end up getting there, but it took blowing up my entire roster to actually get there. So I think I ended exactly where I thought I'd be. I thought I'd be in the finals, but the the route to get there did not uh, take take the shape that I thought it would. So I'm excited for next year. I'm excited to have some of my keepers along the way. I'm excited to have Stefan Diggs. Thank you uh, to Devin for Stefan Diggs. I'm excited to have Kenneth Walker and we'll see what happens with that third keeper slot. So do you guys want some like background info on like fantasy season that you guys don't know right now? Yes. So after the draft, I actually made a list in like a, an an in-depth report grading everyone's, uh, grading everyone's draft and i didn't release it because i didn't finish it but i had like eight of the ten done and i think chase i put yours as like the almost there girl like it's like man like we we get along great 
but it's just like our future plans just don't quite align, you know, mm-hmm. religion, we're not like there, you know, yeah. so like, so like it was close, but then I think I had some other people, like I think Drew's was like the Delta Omega girl where it's like, she's nice, you know, <laughs> she's also, there's nothing wrong with her, but she's also not going to like take home the title, you know. But I had I had my team as the wife because I was like, yeah, she's the one. She's it. Lock her up. And, uh, you know, I, I, I it was it was going to be great. Maybe I'll do it again next year. And nothing, no, no shade of Delta Bay girls. But, you know, I feel like there are probably some data side guys. You're like, yeah, he's he's fine. He's nice. You know, it's just it's just. Yeah. You know, OK, he's there. Cool. That's actually hilarious um joel i i went through and i ranked my uh, four worst trades of the year just so i could have something to to uh, to go back and forth with you on yeah um, since you don't have your list can i throw these at you and tanner and get you guys to react to them absolutely mm. wonderful uh tanner i already told him he's involved in three of these four <laughs> for better or for worse <laughs> that sounds about right um, yeah we already mentioned devin trading joe mixon to tanner for brian robinson terrible uh, the next one that I think is worth mentioning uh, is Drew traded Tony Pollard, who we already mentioned, to Tanner for Pat. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Friermuth? Great trade. Yeah. The Pittsburgh tight end? Yeah. Tough. Tanner, do you have a, a statement to make about this one? Oh, we've lost Tanner's audio. Well, I'll, I'll make the statement for Tanner. This was the deal breaker uh, that I gave to Tanner in order for me to trade him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson was I wanted Tony Pollard to be the third player in return. So I, I think that was a good trade for me. But Drew just gave up the guy that ended just up being like gave the eighth him or ninth best running back for nothing. Fryermuth was like like the the eighth best tight end this year. And what are we what are we doing, guys? Picked him up <laughs> off waivers. <laughs> so bad, so bad. To- to Drew's credit, he is still on his roster, and he did finish, as, as Joel, as you just said, as the eighth best tight end, but just gave him away. Just gave away Tony Pollard. Uh, the next trade, uh, I'm going to put myself on blast here. Um, I traded away Jamal Williams and Devontae Smith to Drew for David Njoku, who I ended up dropping, and James Robinson, who at the time was the third best running back in the league, and by the end of the year, he literally wasn't even playing games. Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, on, on the surface, I didn't think it was a horrible trade at the time. Because uh, Njoku actually picked him up. He's nice. He's, he's, he's a nice tight end. He's serviceable. Yeah. And, and at the moment, I mean, James Robinson has peaks in fantasy where he's like legendary. Like he's an RB1. You know, I thought at the time I thought it was fine. It just didn't work out like clearly for you. Tanner, you got anything to say on that one? Uh, yeah, that's, that's tough. You traded for James Robinson at his peak, uh, and he just went down after that. <laughs> I, I felt okay about it because I picked up Jamal Williams off waivers, I think, that day. I think that morning I picked him up. But um, but Devontae Smith went, up, went off. I gave up on him too early. I should have kept him. I wish I had him in the finals. Uh, last trade that we need uh, – <laughs> I want Joel's reaction first, and then I want Tanner to make a statement on it. Um, Tanner traded away Amon Ross St. Brown for Derek Carr. That was bad. <laughs> Early in the season, one of the first trades of the year. <laughs> Amon uh, Ross St. Brown for Derek Carr. Joel, your thoughts? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. Tr- Tanner traded him away, but do you know who Tanner sent that trade to? You? 
No, he sent him to Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> Michael had Amon Ra St. Brown, and that is an absolute steal from Michael. You know, like, I feel like Michael, we got on the Michael for bidding, like, money on Chigaconquo, Austin Cooper, like, all these Titans spending, like, a lot of money on, like, Deshaun Watson, you know, like, but, like, look, the man had a good team, you know? Like, we can get on him all you want, but he just ripped off the person that actually won the league. So, like, respect, man. Uh, to defend myself just a little bit, it was part of a, another set of moves like I did with Drew. I was trading to get Derek Carr so that way I could trade away. It actually helped because I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback. Um, Ooh, tough. So I was, You're making yourself sound worse here, Tanner. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> All right. Then just to make myself sound better, I met, turned Russell Wilson and Derek Carr into Patrick Mahomes. So... It, it oh, I still take Amon Ross St. Brown. The second part of that trade, Tanner, was you uh, you traded for Josh Jacobs that same night. You yes. ended up being the third best running back in fantasy this year. Yes. Uh, but was, giving up giving up Amon Ross St. Brown for a quarterback that you ended up uh, that ended up on waivers later in the year um, is tough. Amon Ross St. Brown finished the year in our league as the eighth best keep uh, eighth best uh, yeah. wide receiver, yeah. and in my mind, is one of the top keepers. Going into next year. To Michael. To Mike, did Michael keep him? Uh, he probably will. He didn't pay that much for you, Whoever Who did pay him, didn't pay that much for him. Yeah, that crazy trade. Those are my four worst trades of the year. Um, Tanner, do you have any honorable mentions or any others that you'd like to throw out there? Uh, no, I, I'm good. I, I brought up plenty uh, throughout this uh, segment. Joel, thank you so much for coming on and letting us but, talk for uh, – go ahead, Joel. Before, before I leave, there's one question that you sent me that there's a couple – there's one question that I really want to talk about here. It says, if this was Survivor, who would you vote out of the league next year? Mm. And I think, I think that there is an obvious choice. I agree. And then there is my choice, okay? <laughs> oh. Look, I want this to be like – I love all of you guys. Are you going to name Nobody, both? Nobody's bad. Like, I love all you guys as bros. You're all attentive. I love all of you. But if I had to vote somebody out, I think that everyone is thinking of the same person who just didn't really participate that much in the group text. Not you yet. know? Okay. Um, and uh, I think everybody would say Forrest. Love you, Forrest Pike. Thanks for, like, buying my Mike Birbiglia tickets. I'm upset yeah. that I had to pay you $50 because the Titans didn't win as many games as the Jags. But, like, you know, you're great. And you're also not the person that I would vote out because if this was Survivor, I'm looking around for threats, right? Ooh. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hey, like this is my time to strike. Maybe I could like maneuver my way out here to have an easier road to the championship. Uh, I guess right? I'll see you later then. <laughs> so no offense, Tanner, but yeah, it would be you. I would vote you out of the league because you go harder than anyone else, uh. and it's frustrating because I don't want to go that hard, and I also want to win. You know, so like. I, I, I would, it's nothing personal, man, but you're just on it and, you know, I respect it, but it's also like, I didn't win this year, so I would vote Tanner out. Hey. I don't know. Who would you guys vote out? Tanner, after you, I feel like you need to make a statement after being called out. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I do. Uh, it is honorable. Um, I'm glad <laughs> to be seen as a threat. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with what you said earlier of there, there was one person who, who wasn't replying, uh, sat with a lot of stagnant trades out there. Um, so I'm, I'm sticking with that. Say his name, Tanner. <laughs> uh, Commit. Forrest, Forrest, uh, I'm voting for you, buddy. Wow, you really vote for Forrest like that? That's crazy, dude. Man, I can't believe you call his name out on a podcast <laughs> like that. I feel Dang. very confident Forrest will not listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chase? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think I think Forrest is the easy option. I do value people who uh, you know like respond to, to trade offers, things like that. Devin was not always great about responding to trade offers. We had to do some public shaming in order to... Uh, in order to get him to reply. But I did appreciate that when he did reply, it was often with a yes. And I, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I would like to keep him around just for that reason. <laughs> I think uh, when, I'm, when I'm looking to make a move, I often go to Devin's team first. Just as, um, a, fa- as a farm team, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Not everyone can be a, a top four team like our teams. Um, Joel, I, I went to your team roster multiple times to offer you a trade. I think you and I circled around each other once or twice, but every time I went to your roster and I looked at it, I would go, there's no one on this team that I want to trade for. I don't See, want a single one of these guys, but then I'm looking s- at, I'm looking at the scoreboard here and you finished with the second most points for you finished in third place in the entire league. Our playoffs were a little bit like a Georgia, Ohio state situation where I think you were Ohio state. Tanner was Georgia, I was TCU, and Michael was Michigan. Where Michael and I had a nice game over here, but you guys clearly had the championship game. And whoever was winning your match was going to win the whole thing. So even though I kind of don't like your roster at all, you still somehow ended up there. So in the same way that you described Tanner as a threat, I think, I'm, I, think I would pick you for the same reason. You made quite the run with a team that I really did not like. I appreciate that a lot. You know, have you seen the movie Moneyball? I have. Of course. That's how I look at fantasy football, right? Because we, we take the guys that nobody else wants. Oh, Tyreek Hill's playing with Tua? No, I don't want that guy. You know, who's this right receiver that's catching passes for Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz or whoever in Indianapolis? I don't want that guy. You know, Leonard Fournette, that guy's like 80 years old and he's bald. I don't want that guy. How about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, like the second-year quarterback who's like a wannabe Lamar Jackson. I don't want that guy. No, man. Mark Andrews, while he was healthy, he was legit. Like, I'm telling you, like, I love taking undervalued guys in the draft. It will set me up for success long-term, but it's just difficult, you know? Like, in Moneyball, they they lost in the first round of the playoffs. That's kind of how it goes with these teams, you know? You, you, you really like harvest the field in the regular season and then it's over winter comes and everything dies but uh while it's harvesting it's it's awesome it's pretty great i think the best example of you doing that was drafting jameson williams for i'm, I'm sure you know the dollar amount but for what a dollar two dollars one dollar one dollar one yeah. dollar and you holding on to him on your ir for what 12 weeks yeah 13 weeks still on the roster and now, now he looks like a total steal for next year if you're keeping him yeah so we'll so, see, man. Uh, we'll see if we'll see if he gets it together or not. But I mean, I may roll out there with like Tyreek Hill and then two six dollar keepers next year. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the way we roll. We don't spend a lot of money, you know, and we get a, we get a bunch of guys that know their positions and we 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 use them. It's the dream. 
It's a dream. Joel, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, congratulations on being a new uncle. I'm sure yes. thank you. you'll be getting, being able to uh, pass our congratulations along to Michael. I'm sure you'll talk to him before we do. Um, yeah. Thank you for having this niche segment for us. We're probably 10 guys uh, will enjoy this, if that. Uh, probably four Nine. won't. Uh, or... <laughs> 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 Uh, but thank you so much, Drew. Really appreciate Joel. Really appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure, boys. All right, uh, we've got a couple more segments coming up, so stick around. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, that's all the segments we have for today. Uh, special thank you to all of our guests that signed on to just call in and say something special about Michael and Madeline, share some memories, share something that might be relevant to them. Uh, we really appreciate all uh, the feedback and support we got from this. Yes, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, want to share a highlight or two of mine and then Tanner, I would love to hear uh, what some of your favorite parts were. Um, I love hearing Audrey and Tanner talk about uh, pregnancy and having new members of the family, whether it's a dog in the family or Tanner going through pregnancy with Grace. Um, that was so fun. And having Audrey on the Michael Like Stuff podcast feels like a notch in our belt, feels like a win, feels like something that we can hang on to uh, many, many years from now. Uh, but, but really, I think my favorite thing is a little bit of a guilty pleasure. No one likes listening to other people talk about their fantasy football team. But I loved talking to Joel about our fantasy football team. Uh, I think we mentioned it in there, but Michael was the commissioner of our fantasy football league this year. He was the ringleader. He was the person who got it together and made it happen. And it really did bring a lot of joy into my life. And I am so grateful that Michael took that initiative uh, to make that happen. Tanner, what were a couple of your highlights from this podcast? Yeah, definitely enjoyed both of the things you mentioned. Um, for me, I, I really enjoyed talking with Reese about the Titans. I know the Titans are one of Michael's favorite things. I'm hoping that he gets a little smile from that. Hopefully we didn't make fun of his takes too bad. Um, I really enjoyed that. And then, as always, podcast favorite, Mitchell Moon. Always great to have Mitchell yes. on. Hearing Mitchell's thoughts on parenting, uh, priceless. You really can't put a price on that. Uh, Michael <laughs> Madeline, we love you. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this po this unauthorized podcast. Don't want to say an official podcast, but this unauthorized episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Uh, Wesley is so lucky to have you guys as his parents, and we love you and can't wait to see you soon. Yes, uh, again, unauthorized. We hope we get to hear it on the air. If not, we'll save it for ourselves. I'm sure at least Chase and I will listen to it again. Um, Michael, Madeline, congratulations. Glad that Wesley and Madeline are doing great. Michael, I'm sure you're doing great also. Get some sleep when you can. Uh, look forward to getting to meet Wesley soon. If we ever get to do an episode two of the Michael Like Stuff unauthorized, unauthorized podcast, that means Wesley has a sibling. So I, I don't know how Michael and Madeline feel about it. They might be one and done and be perfectly happy. I kind of hope we get to do a second episode. This has been fun. Thank you, Tanner. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Look forward to doing this again with you, Chase. I won't say soon, but in the future. Yes, in the future. Adios. Bye.